Hi, I'd like to welcome all my listeners to another episode of Everything Imaginable. My name is Gary Cacciolillo, and today our guest is Karen from the New Jersey Ghost Organization. Uh, Karen has successfully investigated hauntings since 2003 with Richard, her father. Karen was born and raised in New Jersey and married mom of two children. Karen has served as a hospital corpsman in the United States Navy in Philadelphia. Growing up early on in her grandparents' New Jersey Victorian area house, began her journey with the paranormal, but didn't fully understand until her adult years just how much and how long her journey would take. Alongside her dad, the journey continues. They are authors of several paranormal books through Schiffer Publishing, World War II, Ghost Artifacts Can Talk, Ghosts of Central Jersey, and Folklore of the New Jersey Shore. And their new book comes out soon through Fate Magazine, Ghosts of the Hindenburg. You can find out more find out more about New Jersey Ghost Organization at NewJerseyGhostOrganization.net. Welcome to the show, Karen. How are you today? I'm good, Gary. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been a long time since we've talked. I know. Um, so, um, first question is pretty obvious. What got you, um, what was your first paranormal experience? Oh my gosh. Um, in my grandparents' house, um, I had an imaginary friend, apparently, um, you know, and from what I can remember, but I, I, I never reveal the name, but mm-hmm. from what I could remember, he was um, like a little person. Um, anytime I would get in trouble, anytime anything would happen, um, you know, I would blame this person. And I later on in life, I kind of tried to figure it out in my mind um, exactly what was going on, you know, why, why I had an imaginary friend, you know, my parents told me I had an imaginary friend. And the only thing I could think of was that it could have been a child, you know, that lived there once before, because my, my grandparents um, uh, gave birth to my father and, and, and raised my father in, in Newark for a short time. So they, they came from Newark, New Jersey, and they moved to uh, what's uh, called Hillside. Uh, that's the town that um, he grew up in later on and went to school and, you know, graduated from, from Hillside. And uh, it was an old Victorian, you know, and, you know, chances are, you know, it may have been a family that lived there before. I never really did the research on it. I, I just kind of, you know, put it in the back of my mind all those years. I really don't think about it all that much. Um, but what got me really started with, the group was, and you know, because you, you're one of our, you, you're one of our former members. Yes. Um, and, and we miss you, <laughs> but, <laughs> you. um, but anyway, so, um, going forward, um, I was looking for something to give my father for, I guess, either birthday or father's day one year. And you, you may, you, you might remember the story. Mm-hmm. that um, I signed us up for membership into a ghost group, a local ghost group. And the only problem was, was they took your money, but they never really let you do anything. They had like a core group of people that actually went out on investigations and things. And, you know, um, so that really didn't appeal to me. Uh, so we never really got involved with it. 
And my father and my husband said, why don't you start a group of your own? So it was like, yeah, why not? I guess, you know, it just didn't, you know, didn't think about it. So I did. And in 2003, we started the group. And, uh, but what really got me interested in the paranormal, like all these years since I was a small child, was that my dad and I, you know, started talking about it after we started the group and everything. But we, um, we actually shared the same dream. We didn't know it. Um, it really wasn't a dream. It was actually, we, we had a glimpse of the other side. And, you know, when we put all the pieces together, you know, and, and we talk about it in one of the books. Um, I think it's the folklore book um, that we actually, uh, I think, published it in. I have to look again. But, um, and all three books are available. They're, they're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You know, you just have to search them. And they can um, get the correct titles and everything, um, the exact titles from the website. You know, they can go onto our website, NewJerseyGhostOrganization.net. So, but I'll also, anyway, but we share. I'll also yeah. post those on my page, too, so oh, yeah. listeners can get them. We, we shared the same dream um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of knew that this was the path that I, I, that we were supposed to be on, you know, so, and my dad, I mean, he's 85 now and, you know, and he still comes out, you know, for some things, you know, that we have going on. And when his first book came out, because, well, he, he kind of rated our files, you know, for his, the first two books, because the first two books are, are by him but with information in the books um, from a lot of our case files and things like that over the years. But, but um, when his first book came out, we, we, I thought about it for a long time, um, what we can do. And, and we actually started um, a uh, wanted traveling museum uh, with the pieces that are in his first book, uh, some of them, um, which is uh, the World War II book. You know, he was a big, big World War II collector of things, even even as a child when, when you know, the soldiers were coming back from, from the war and stuff. You know, he, he would start, you know, collecting things, you know, even back then. So, you know, he's got quite a, quite a bit of a collection and we've put some of them into the traveling museum. We, we've only brought out a taste of it, you know, a couple of times. Um, it's hard to find places to vend unless you really want to go across country and, you know, go out of state, you know, and, and with our group, you know, all of us work. So, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a hobby for us. You know, some people I think treat it as a job, but, but uh, you know, they buy thousands of dollars worth of equipment, you know, and, and we kind of don't operate that way. You know, we're very, very simple but uh but the results are tremendous you know and you you know because we we went on the um we did the proprietary house you were you were with us then and we yes, got extraordinary extraordinary evidence from there you know we you know what i believe you know we had gotten the three apparitions in the mirror and uh well the mirror actually you know reflected them actually standing in the doorway and, uh, and that was, that was, to me, that was a big residual, you know, haunting because it, it, there was no way that it was interactive with us, but, but it was there. And, you know, and, and I honestly believe that was, um, uh, William Franklin. He, you know, he was the, um, 
the tenant, I guess you would call it, at the proprietary house that was, um, you know, it was the last royal governor's mansion, yes. you know, mm-hmm. under British rule, you know, during, um, during the Revolutionary War. And that was William Franklin, Ben Franklin's son. And I believe that was his wife and his child in the, in the doorway, you know, and that was a good catch, you know, uh, my father took that picture, but I mean, that place was incredible, you know, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, we, we've come a long way. I mean, we, you know, I mean, we've bought some new equipment here and there, but, but we still, you know, we still operate by the same standards, you know, integrity and everything, but, but um, it, it's been a long, a long ride, <laughs> you know, but, and you're missing so much of it. You've got to start your own group down there. I know I've actually considered it because there, I've checked into to see if there's any existing groups here to join. And it doesn't look like there is. Um, so what is the best uh, evidence that you've captured? Was it the proprietary house or that was, was there anything else that no, you captured that many, was? Yeah, there's been many. Um, let's see. We did um, we did an old turn of the century mansion uh, outside of New Brunswick. Uh, we had gotten several people in, uh, in again in a mirror, you know, and and you know, to me, you know, the, the mirrors are, are portals anyway, you know, to the other side, I, I believe. And we got. Um, uh, a young boy in the, in the mirror, you know, we've got several, several images, you know, that we could relate to the family that was there, you know, back in 1892, you know, somewhere around there, it was right around the turn of the century back then. And um, we've gotten images in um, uh, from an insane asylum in a building where nothing was occupied in the building. Nobody was there. It was a building that they weren't using. Um, Patty in the group, she, she um, was able to capture that image. Um, oh my God. Um, the image at um, Burlington prison. Um, well, you were there with us at one time, but I don't know if that was the time that we captured that image. Um, right. That was another one. That was a full bodied apparition. Um, and what gave them away was, his feet weren't touching the ground. There were no feet, you know, so that, that we knew was, and that was captured outside actually, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. When we go back and look at the history of some of these places, the haunting makes sense, you know, and, and that particular one at that prison uh, was captured 88 years after, um, after the, this particular murder happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the prisoner was not incarcerated at the time, um, you know, that um, we captured the image. I mean, he was long gone. I mean, he went to, uh, after the murders, they took him to, I think, Trenton Psychiatric Hospital. Um, and from there, I think at one point he may have been released. But, I mean, this was 80, 88 years ago, uh, 10 years ago for us. So mm-hmm. maybe 90, 98 years ago. But again, you know, it was like an anniversary. There was like a window of a couple of days. And, you know, I believe that was the reason for why we captured, you know, what we captured, you know, when we captured it. So, you know, there, there's been quite a number of, of, you know, things that we've gotten over the years, you know, um, 
again, that same prison, you know, we've gotten faces in the window at the warden's residence, you know, and that, that kind of made sense. Um, Ellis Parker uh, was working with uh, the, the prison at the time of the, um, uh, the Lindbergh trial. That was a big trial in New Jersey. You know, the baby, baby Lindbergh was kidnapped. Yes. Um, you know, so we, we captured images in the window of the warden's residence that made sense, you know, so you look, you know, you look at everything and, and, and there's always a reason for, you know, why things happen all the time. So, you know, we've, we've been very fortunate, you know, we've been very fortunate, you know, we, we take the investigation seriously, you know, we like to do a lot of historic places. Um, we don't get a lot of calls for like private homes. I mean, we've done them over the years, you know, actually we have one waiting in the wings right now, you know, for this pandemic to, to, uh, you know, hopefully pass us by and, uh, you know, we'll get out there again and, uh, do some investigating. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, investigations that are in the books, um, a lot of them are, um, you know, our investigations, um, you know, we've, we've covered the Matawan shark attacks. Uh, we've actually gone back out to the site, you know, all the, um, the hot spots and everything over the years. A couple of summers, I think we went out and, uh, you know, walked through some of those places again, you know. So, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Jer- Jersey's interesting to begin with. because Even the, the whole East Coast is, is interesting. But, but Jersey in particular, because... You know, you've, you've got everything. You've got Atlantic City, you know, Prohibition, mobsters. You know, you've got pirates, you know, up and down the, the East Coast, um, you know, and, and some of the cemeteries that we've gone into. We, we found, you know, evidence, you know, of, of them being there, you know, in a way, you know, um, buried there, you know. Uh, you know, so, I mean, there, there's, there's um not not evidence in the sense of, of evidence evidence you know that we we get but I'm saying like you know there's um, there's a history there you know and you can go back and you can you know see some of these things at these places just like when we would go down to Gettysburg you know uh, you go down and you you relive in a way in your mind some of these some of these places and um, and that's always interesting Jersey Jersey's always interesting to me you know there's there's always plenty of places you know, to, to explore, you know, you kind of never really run out of places. Um, you know, you don't always capture things all the time, you know, at every single place that you go to, but, but, uh, but we, you know, we do pretty good, you know, we, we've, we've done pretty good for ourselves, you know, in 16 years. So, you know, going on 17 years and, uh, and it's been fun. I mean, you know, I mean, we, you know, we try to keep a, um, a drama free group, you know, if that's even possible. I mean, you know, um, I think at the time you were in the group, I think we, we've probably experienced a little bit of drama, but, but, uh, you know, and, but those kind of people come and go, you know, so, you know, you, you would, you would love the people that, you know, have stayed with us over the years now. And, uh, even some of the people that have just joined the group, um, we started ghost walks, uh, several years ago, uh, we've done, uh, for almost nine years or so, we've done an expo, um, you know, but it, sometimes it's just time to move on and just get back to the investigating and, you know, taking the time out for ourselves, you know, with the group, you know, doing things for us, you know, for the group. So, 
you know, so going forward, you know, this year and, and next year, you know, we're going to just concentrate on investigating, you know, but I, I know a lot of these groups, they, you know, they're, they're, they're constantly, you know, going to all kinds of events and, and things like that. And I think they lose sight of it. You know, what, what's, what it's really all about, you know, so, you know, our phone's not ringing off the hook, you know, they're not calling ghostbusters, you know, just yet. So hopefully, hopefully things will, will get busier soon. You know, everybody's kind of staying at home with this virus and stuff. So, but, you know, but that's, that's it. You know, that's, you know, that's what we like to do. We like to get out there and investigate and, and the, um, uh, the Revolutionary War in Jersey, you know, that's that's always a big thing. And uh, I don't know if they're going to have the reenactment this year. I, I usually do participate with it, um, you know, because I volunteer. I, you know, belong to the group. And, um, well, and you too. You you were the one that got me involved, uh, you know, interest, interested in, like, MUFON. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still a member of MUFON myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, I kind of check over their site, you know, every now and again, but, but uh, I'm usually not, I'm usually not around. I don't know. I, I, I don't get that experience, you know, that UFO experience, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, ghosts are, ghosts are more my thing, but. All right. Awesome. Um, so it sounds like history plays a large part of your investigations. Um, I think it plays a large part in the paranormal overall, you know, I mean, you've got to go back in order to go forward, I believe, you know, and like I said, a lot of things start making sense when you go back and you start, you know, peeling back the layers, you know, kind of, kind of thing, you know, and um, I mean, just like with a lot of the, like, like the battlefields, for example, you know, uh, look what's happened, you know? So, I mean, you know, there, there's going to be paranormal activity, you know, it all makes sense, you know, look what's happened there, you know, such traumatic things, um, you know, and, and that, that makes an imprint, you know, in time, it makes an imprint, it leaves an impression, you know, in the atmosphere, you know, when you, when you look at everything on the whole, you know, everything's made up of energy. So, you know, we, um, you know, we, we have trees, you know, um, on our planet and, you know, those trees shelter us and protect us from, uh, electromagnetism, the earth's electromagnetism. So all that energy is out there in the atmosphere, you know, so, you know, but yeah, you do, you have to go back in order to be able to go forward, I believe. So, you know, two steps back, you know, another step forward, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of history, you know, in, in probably every state, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, it, it's interesting to, to go back and look at the history, you know, and then everything kind of just falls into place, I believe, you know, it's there, it's there for a reason. Yeah. So we'll jump forward a little bit from the past to the present what kind of technology gives you the best results you find it evps emfs well um i mean our equipment we we usually generally use like the most simplest of equipment um and i've always been a big 
believer in that, you know, that you don't have to spend a lot of money on equipment to get good results. And we, we've started, you know, delving into like the ghost boxes, you know, the, the radio shack hacks, you know, yeah, the, I remember the, making the radios. <laughs> what? I remember trying to make one of those. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, we, we do pretty good with that. Um, you know, we still rely on like the EMF meters. Um, you know, we, we get voice recordings, you know, we get a little bit of everything, you know, um, I, we started, um, experimenting with the, um, um, the full spectrum cameras and the full spectrum videos. Um, and we still go back to the old way of, of doing it as well, you know, with putting up the UV lighting, you know, and things like that. I still have, I still have all of those, you know, um, old fashioned, like the way you light stuff, you know, um, you know, you use those, those, uh, um, aluminum, um, things that you screw the bulbs into and they, like you kind of put them on like the lizard tanks and things like that, you know, and, and those, I mean, photographers used those years ago, you know, for lighting and things like that. So, you know, they're, they're adaptable and, uh, you know, you put the black light bulbs in them and things, but they started making, and, and again, they modify normal equipment, you know, like a regular video camera, regular camera, they modify them just like they did the radios, you know, for the, uh, the ghost boxes, you know, it, it's a simple piece of electronic equipment. And, um, you know, and to me, it, that's still considered scientific, you know, um, you're, you're using, you know, actual, you know, electronics, but um, working with the, the uh, full spectrum, you know, we've gotten some good results with that too. And, and that using the full spectrum, the UV and the IR lighting together, with your regular lighting, that's why they call it the full spectrum. Um, you eliminate a lot of like the dust and, you know, anything that's going to, um, you know, kind of compromise your results, you know, so that, that was a help, you know, um, as far as all these other pieces of equipment, like these teddy bears that they put out and, you know, and it's got, you know, EMF meters in them and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they pop into these, these things, you know, to me, they're just, they're stupid, you know, regular equipment, you know, is, is just fine, you know, and, you know, and a lot of times too, I mean, you know, you, you get personal experiences, mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, how do you put a, a price tag on that, you know, people that, and, and everyday people, I mean, you know, right. there's people that, that get experiences during the day, not just at night, you know, and, and talking to people, you know, and sitting there and having the conversation and, you know, as far as like EVPs go, um, we've just sat around and threw a recorder on, used the ghost box as well, but sat with the clients and actually sat and had like just a regular round table discussion about, you know, what's going on in their home and, and things like that. And we've gotten results through that you know, just being normal, you know, not, not so much going around in the dark, you know, with flashlights bumping into walls and, you know, bumping into each other and stuff. So, you know, we, we've, you know, gotten pretty good results, you know, like that with just the simplest of equipment. So I also know that you've um, used psychics. Um, so what is your opinion on the information that you get from psychics? Do you think it's reliable information? 
Um, I, I think somewhat. Um, you know, we, we've, we've had a lot of psychics come through our door. Um, not all good, you know. Um, but of, of the good ones that we have worked with, um, you know, their, their information, I mean, you know, they, they see things I can't see. I mean, I, I don't, I've never tapped into, you know, my psychic, but, but, um, you know, my own, um, but for people that are able to see and hear, I mean, I've, I've heard things, you know, we've gone on investigations and I, you know, your shoulder's been tapped or, you know, your shirt's been tugged. Um, you know, I, I, we went up to an old hotel in upstate New York. We investigated. And from the moment I got there, I walked in the door and I, I heard a voice, you know, uh, speaking in my ear, you know, I, I could tell it was a male voice, you know, so, you know, you, you can't discount, you know, somebody, you know, um, you know, they, they see what they see. I mean, we, we've tested our psychics over and over again. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example of how invaluable they are. Okay. Um, of, of the good ones that we've worked with over the years, we did, um, an old mansion and it's, it's in one of the books. Um, the whole story's in, in the book. Um, we had two psychics. We had one working on the outside grounds and we had one working on the inside. And the one working on the inside said to me, now we had somebody that oversees the, the properties. There was an older woman, you know, older woman. She had to be in her 70s, maybe even maybe late 70s, you know, early 80s maybe. And she, uh, she was on the committee that oversees, you know, the, the property. And she asked us if she could stay for the investigation. You know, she was interested. She wanted to bring her tape recorder and, and everything. And we said, absolutely. You know, so she joined us on the investigation that night. And the one psychic comes up to me and she says, you know, I just got a message, you know, in my ear, you know. And uh, it, it said, I, I, I wonder how the old lady feels knowing she's going to die soon. And she wrote it down. And um, it was crazy. You know, it was absolutely crazy. And then the psychic that was outside on the grounds, in her report, and I saw her notes before we left that night, and she had written down when she had come inside and she saw the old woman, she said she saw no soul. There was no soul when she looked at the woman. Oh. So we're like, okay, you know, well, what happened was, you know, we, we packed up the next morning, early in the morning, whatever, we, we packed up to, to go home. We were done packing up, leaving. The woman's husband came and picked her up that next night. She died in a house fire. Something with her furnace or hot water heater, something. Uh, I guess, I don't know if the house exploded. There was an explosion or something. She didn't live too far from where the investigation was. Same, same town, but, but uh, you know, and uh, the fireman that tried saving her, he died as well. And I mean, was, this was all documented. And, um, you know, but uh, she um, she died in, in in her house fire that that next night, 
you know. So, I mean, these are psychics telling telling you, you know, I wonder how the old lady feels knowing she's going to die soon, you know. And that was not anything to do with her age, you know. I mean, yeah. people could write it off and say, oh, yeah, ha, ha, you know, uh, she was in her 80s, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, she probably died of natural causes kind of thing. But when you figure into a documented house fire, who, who could have, you know what I'm saying? Like, who could have known, you know, knowing that she was going to die soon. Soon means soon, you know. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that was just incredible what happened. But, but uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we like I said, it still gives me the chills. That story absolutely still gives me the chills. Wow. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you get the right psychics, you know, I mean, you, there's a lot of psychics out there and, you know, some of them don't have the right intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, you know, are, are there to make money. Um, you know, they're not there for the, the good and welfare of, of, you know, to help people. Um, you know, we, we've had a couple of them pass through the doors in our group that, um, you know, they, um, you know, there was something mentally wrong with them. I always say there's a fine line between psycho and psychic. When you get the <laughs> right psychic, you know, then you're good. Then you're golden, you know. So you, you just need to put your faith in yourself, you know, and know when to trust, you know. And, you know, to, to get good psychics, you know, it's like to, you know, get a good employee. You know, it's hard to find good help, you know kind of thing but when you when you do connect with the right psychics you know these are the people that you're meant to to work with you know i honestly believe that you know that you're you're sent people when when it's necessary for you to have them so i mean they're you know their impressions you know can can be most valuable um you know and again you know they go in with no knowledge you know um you know and things like that so that makes for interesting, you know, an interesting investigation as well. But yeah, you have to, you have to be able to differentiate the good with and the bad, you know, that's, that's the problem. Great. Yeah. I know that we worked for the couple of psychics and um, I do remember, I think her name was Marianne. She was oh, pretty, our, our Marianne. Yeah. Yeah. She was really good. I, I liked her. She, she was, um, the only problem with her was, um, she was, she was, uh, um, uh, allowed herself to be swayed by people. So mm-hmm. she kind of like, she was working with another group on the side, you know? So in that respect, you know, I mean, her gift was invaluable. Okay. But her integrity, okay. Left a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to make that separation because, you know, and, and, you know, the right ones will come to you and you'll be able to recognize it, you know? So, you know, some people, they, they just get greedy, you know, and it's, it's hard to find the right person, but yeah, when, when she was working with us, her service, you know, her, her gift and everything was invaluable to us, but you know, some people, like I said, they, they just, they get greedy. They, you know, and, and some of them are just in it for the notoriety, uh-huh. you know. So, you know, you have to be careful. You That's know, everything wrong. happens for a reason. So, you know, if if we, 
you know, kept her on, then we might not have found, you know, some of the ones that we work with today. Uh-huh. You know, so it's a trade-off. So when people think of the paranormal, typically they think of something scary. What is the scariest or most frightening thing you've had happen during an investigation? <laughs> I don't know. Um, not a lot scares me, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask that to. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we've gone into some place. I mean, I think, I think the ones that scare, would scare me the most would be like the insane asylums. And, and we've done one. Um, we've also researched a local one by us as well, but that property, you know, very few people have been allowed to access that one. But, but um, yeah, I, I would think where bad things happen, you know, that there is the potential for bad things to go wrong on an investigation, you know, kind of thing. But I mean, you know, I mean, we've all had our experiences on investigations, personal, you know, touching, hearing, things like that. The most craziest, we did an old mansion out on Staten Island. This place was incredible. Um, there was actually three mansions on the property at once. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, you know, maybe, maybe in, in circles, the Kreischer Mansion in Staten Island. Uh, um, it's privately owned now. Um, they don't allow people in it. Um, the, the, the one that is left on the property was the site of a mob hit in 2005. We did this mansion probably five, six, seven, eight, less than 10 years ago, we did this property. And some of these TV shows, don't get me started on the TV shows, but some of these TV shows have shown this place. They, they found it and were able to, you know, talk to people into, you know, letting them in it. But what was strange about this place was it was a mob hit. It was the Bonanno crime family and, you know, the, the you know, mobs and, and things are, are very, you know, they were very prevalent, you know, on the East coast, you know, especially New York, New Jersey area and the, the Pennsylvania area and things like that over the years, you know, during prohibition, things like that. But, but um, you know, Al Capone was, you know, the most famous one, you know, in our area and things like that. But um, so it was, it was a mob hit. Um, what happened was this guy, his name was Kelvy. Um, he owed the family money. So he was lured to this particular mansion and he was ambushed in the foyer of the front door. And they, I guess, first tried to slit his throat and Eventually, uh, you know, he ran out uh, to the front corner of the property. There was a koi pond and they tried drowning him in the koi pond. They wanted to make sure that he was dead. So they, I guess that's when they did slit his throat. They brought him to one of the garages. There was a couple of garages on the property and they, uh, uh, you know, in, 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 in typical mob fashion, they duct taped him to... Uh, one of these shutters from the house. I guess there were some broken shutters maybe in the garage that they brought him to. And they, they duct taped him to the shutter and they carried him into the house. Carried him into the side door, brought him into the kitchen. 
They threw mattresses down on the floor um, and they went to Home Depot. They went to lunch at a pizza place. They went to Home Depot for some supplies, came back and they tried to cut him up into pieces in the kitchen. So by putting the mattresses down the floor and covering the windows and things like that, so I guess nobody would see, you know, they proceeded to cut up his body. And I guess most of the blood was soaked up in the mattresses. But then they decided they were going to carry the body parts down to the basement and put them in the furnace and try to cremate him that way. So, uh, the pictures, you know, we did our research um, and we got some of the court um, court papers and uh, testimonies and things like that. We were able to find um, online and we got information. Um, you'll see pictures of like the FBI bringing out stuff out of the front door in like black plastic trash bags and things like that. But when we went into this investigation, we, um, and there was a caretaker there at the time. So I'll get to that part of it too. But we, we were doing an EVP session down in the basement. Um, you know, it was the last place the guy was, you know, before he was, you know, before they tried cremating him. And uh, we had asked one word answer questions. And that's the whole key to getting good EVPs. But we asked a couple of questions. And... We asked, um, you know, we know what year you were killed. Give me a, a one-digit uh, answer, what year you were killed. And the voice came back on and said five. And he was. He was killed in 2005. We said, we know how you were killed. Tell us how you were killed. And he said, drowned. So when they drowned him in the koi ponds, that's all he remembered. He didn't remember getting his throat slit. He didn't remember apparently getting uh, duct taped to the, um, the shutter. And then we asked him, we said, we know who killed you. Now, we, we knew who killed him from the court testimony. And he came back with another name. Well, that other name that he came back with, okay, brings us to another part of the investigation that happened earlier in the evening where one of our members went up to the, I think it was the second floor. There was three floors in a basement plus an attic. And we, we captured some other like great evidence, um, photographic evidence from that investigation that night anyway. And, and some of them, you'll, you'll see some of them on our website. We, we have some pictures up on the website, but, but, um, but anyway, so, one of the members was investigating up on one of the upper floors and you know, the old fireplaces, they have uh, cabinets like on the sides of them. Yes. And the one, the one door she had opened and there was a, a, a picture in a frame and she says, Oh, uh, nice picture. She said, she mentioned to the caretaker and uh, she says, Oh, that's a nice picture of you. And he says, that's not me. Well, that's not me would have meant that, that was the person that murdered the guy that owed the family money. Oh, wow. Spitting image, spitting image. Wow. So we think it was one in the same, <laughs> you know, either he copped a plea deal or, or something, you know, during this whole thing. But that kind of makes you, you, 
your heart like <laughs> land in your shoes, you know, kind yeah. of thing. You know, he was kind of kind of like a lurch. You know, every time you turn uh -huh. a corner, he was there. You know, in this mansion. You know, during this investigation. But but uh, that was something. You know. But then after that, uh, you hear these screams on the on the uh, the audio. So we don't know what the screams were, you know, whether it was, you know, maybe when they tried to, you know, cremate him in the, in the furnace, you know, we don't know. But I, 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 uh, I lectured to a graduate class at Rutgers uh, several years ago and I played the tapes for them and they, they were like bone chilled. It was, you know, to get specific answers like that, you know, but you know, to me, you have to go into an investigation and, and really um, have all your cards there. You know, you, you really need to, you know, need to go in and, and know what questions to ask and, and things like that. And that's where that history comes back into place, you know. But uh, that was one of the more scarier investigations, you know, that and the other mansion, you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, a psychic's telling you, you know, this, this woman's going to die soon, you know, and you know, and she dies, you know, the next night, you know, there, uh, that's kind of bone chilling. So, you know, I think there's more, more of that scare, you right. know, that reality scare than to be scared to see a ghost. I mean, you know, we, we've seen black shrouded things, you know, have come up in our photos and, you know, we've had full bodied apparitions come up in photos, you know, and, and it's true that when they, when they say a, a picture's worth a thousand words, you know, I, you know, to, to examine your photos. I mean, my mother showed up in a photo. My mother, it must've been about a year, uh, March, April, May, June, July, a year and a few months after she passed. Um, and, and again, too, that was another thing, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't have psychic abilities, but psychic like things happened to me. And when my mother passed away, 26 days, I believe it was, after she passed, my sister and I had a dream uh, with my mother in the dream, two different dreams, but on the same night. It was a Sunday night, I'll never forget. And I wrote this down and I kept it in a box with, with other things of my mother's from the funeral and things like that. And... Um, I guess, like I said, about a year and a few months, we were getting the house ready. Uh, we, my dad had put the house on the market and I was taking pictures of my mom's, the flowers started, you know, they were, had been blooming for a while. And, you know, we just cleaned up the flower beds and things like that. And, um, you know, I took some pictures of, of the house, you know, on, on all the sides of the house. And I, if, uh, I guess, I don't know if my dad and my sister, and I were there that day and, you know, uh, if anything, they would have been the living room or the kitchen. And this, this was like a second bedroom. And I, I didn't look at my photos for like, I, I couldn't even tell you how many months later, I, I didn't even look closely at the photos like I normally would. And I was looking through the photos the one day and I, I, I zoom in, you know, even when I'm on an investigation, I, I, I take each photograph and I zoom in in like all areas of the photos and I zoomed in and in the window of the one, uh, the, you know, the second bedroom, it was a den. The blinds were down, 
you know, uh, there was no, you know, not that somebody was like standing in front of the window or sitting in front of the window. There was my mother's image in the window, you know, so those, those kind of things happened to me where it's like, oh, holy crap, you know, like, you know, I mean, for me to like see things and I'll see things out of the corner of my eye and things like that. But, but it, it's things like that, that, you know, when they're so personal like that, they, they kind of, they catch you off guard, you know, but as far as scary things, you know, I mean, you know, when you're wandering around a dark, insane asylum or a prison or, you know, someplace, you know, I mean, I guess it's bound to be a little scary, but things like that don't phase us though. You know, I guess, I guess you have to, it takes, it takes a, a certain type of person to be able to do stuff like this, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm not easily shaken, you know, but yeah, there have been some scary places, you know, but yeah, I used to find it kind of the opposite, almost like exhilarating to, to go into some of those scary places. And not, oh yeah. You know, yeah. It's, a bit, it's a rush. Well, yeah. And also too, like, well, I mean, we don't trespass, but imagine if we trespass, <laughs> you know, how scary that would be, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I to me, I, I don't know, to me, there's nothing scary about, about seeing a ghost or, or, you know, uh, you know, like a residual, you know, haunting, it, you know, to me, it would, it would, it would put me off guard a little bit in the beginning, but you, it's almost like being a fireman. You run towards it. You don't run away from it, you know? So, you know, to me, when we hear a noise coming from the second floor, you know, I mean, I, well, you, you, when we had our headquarters, you know, we, we've investigated our headquarters and you, you know, you were part of the group then. And I mean, we've gotten some incredible evidence from, from, we don't meet there anymore, but, but um, we've gotten some incredible evidence from there. But, you know, when we're all standing there and we hear walking across the floor and we know there's nobody else in the building, you know, you'd be rest assured there were members running up the back staircase and there were members running up the front staircase in that house, you know, to, uh, to see what was upstairs, you know, but we like, like we did this, the old hotel. That was another thing that was, and, and the only thing that kind of, it, it, scared me in a way okay not your typical like boo you know scare but we, when we did this old old hotel um i i wanted to go up to the second floor the second floor was a mirror image of the first floor and i'm sorry that i'm sorry the third floor was a mirror image of the second floor second floor some of us stayed in the rooms on the second floor for the weekend some of us stayed on the ground floor gentlemen's quarters, some of them stayed in the bordello. You know, it was a whorehouse at one time. So uh, some of the members stayed in, in those rooms as well. But the third floor was still under construction. And um, so I decided, you know, we were going to, we put cameras up there and stuff as well. But I brought my camera, brought my flashlight, went to go up to the third floor, and I'm on the third floor and I'm, I'm partway down this long hallway and the batteries die on the flashlight. I go back downstairs. I go get batteries. Now there was new batteries, you know, in, in the flashlight and the camera and everything. And we, uh, I go back downstairs, get batteries, 
go back upstairs, flashlight's working now. I get up there, I get a little bit further down the hallway, camera dies. And I'm like, oh crap. Run back down the stairs, right? Get batteries for the camera, put the batteries in the camera, go back up the stairs. I get down the hallway. For some reason, I just got this like insane feeling. And it was like, I have to take a picture now. Well, the picture that I had taken when I, when we, you know, looked over all our stuff, you know, there was an apparition walking across a window. Now this is up on the third floor. There's nobody walking across on the outside. There's nobody, you know, there was nobody up there. I was the only one up there. And that was a creepy feeling, <clears throat> but the window was partially open. There was a, a can of paint holding up the window, holding it open. But, and that's all well and good. It wasn't a bird, wasn't bats, wasn't anything like that. And, and believe me, we've encountered stuff like that. But it was somebody in a nightgown with a candlestick. Oh, it wasn't one of us, you know. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, and then, and then we, we had actually gone with a couple, of, a couple of other people from different groups. Mm-hmm local groups to us, you know, people that we, we knew. And some of the, when they played back some of the um, audio, played it back backwards, you got names. And the names, okay, last names, okay, rang a bell with who owned the place, you know. So that was, uh, that was another thing. It was like, you know, playing Beatle records backwards, you know, we would play the, play uh-huh. the tapes backwards and see what happens. And, you know, so that was a little bit of a surprise, but yeah, that was, that was a very uneasy feeling. It was almost like something telling me, take that picture now, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, strange things happen, you know, strange things happen on, on investigations, you know, and then some of the investigations are, are scary in a different way where, you know, the person needs to be in locked away, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, a client, you know, we've had some crazies, you know, you know, we, we went into a house and we, we couldn't figure out what was on the walls. Like what the heck happened to the walls? It was holy water. The woman like splashed, like, I don't know, maybe like Linda Blair from the exorcist, you know, like 360, you know, throwing, throwing holy water on the walls and things like that. So we, we've, we've had our share of some crazies too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. This has been an excellent interview. I think I'm going to have to have you come back again. Oh, I would love to come back. Because I have anytime. so many more questions for you. Um, anytime. But before we let you go, I wanted to, I, and, you know, when I saw like this upcoming book, I thought oh, it's just it's brilliant. You know, The Ghost of the Hindenburg. Oh, yeah. Can you give us a little preview of what's going to be in that book? We we did the, we investigated the Hindenburg quite a number of years ago. We were out to Lakehurst, um, the Naval Air Station base, and um, you know, I mean, the Hindenburg you know crashed a long long time ago, and you know, some say it was sabotage, some say it was the weather maybe had something to do with it, uh, you know, something faulty. You know, there was never any real conclusion, I don't think, but. We've gone out to the base, you know, we, we've captured some you know, little things here and there, you know, on, on camera and stuff, but it, it's just interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, to me living in New Jersey 
you know, happened in New Jersey. You know, it was a, a, a international flight. They were actually, uh, uh, I guess it was a, um, um, I forget what you would call it, like a, a first flight. Uh, there was actually mail on board. You know, there was actually mail. But going back to, you know, that my dad and I have this museum of haunted artifacts. We have a sliver of the Hindenburg, the, the um, you know, the, um, what it was made from, you know, the canvas, whatever it was, you know, we have a sliver of it. So the, the, the book tells you how, how that was arrived at, you know, how, how that came about. But, but um, yeah, it's just, it, you know, it'll talk about, you know, some, some of the ghosts, some of the things that, you know, have been heard and seen, you know, um, on, on the base at the crash site. Um, Hangar 1, you know, there were some areas on the base that were used for like makeshift morgues, you know, um, you know, the casualties, you know, that, that happened, you know, upon the crash, um, you know, it was an airship. It was, it was a, you know, it was a Zeppelin, you know, um, and, you know, uh, back then, you know, I mean, you know, trial and error, I guess, you know, they, they had flights, you know, I mean, we, we see Zeppelins in the sky to this day, you see the Goodyear blimp and, you know, things like that. And, you know, you don't, you don't hear of many accidents, you know, now, but, you know, in the beginning stages, you know, back then, uh, you know, it's trial and error, but um, yeah, I mean, we experienced some things, you know, when, when we were out to the, the base and, and we've always been invited back, you know, to go back. So, you know, uh, we, we haven't in a while, but, but, um, you know, one, one of, one of my dream investigations is to get out on, um, you know, one of the naval ships, you know, that's seen a lot of action and things like that. So, uh, we, we might be doing that soon. Um, you know, but again, you know, the, the, this virus, you know, kind of, um, you know, put a damper on a lot of things for now, but, but, um, yeah, the book, um, it's, it's not finished yet. Um, you know, it, we've had some delays with the book, you know, through the publisher, but, but, um, you know, things that couldn't, couldn't be helped, but, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting read. It's, you know, it's, uh, like I said, it talks about the, the ghosts and, and, you know, uh, there was a, a premonition, it was a painting done that was actually a premonition, I guess, of what was about to occur. Um, that's explained in the book. Um, my, there's pictures of the newspaper um, from the crash when it happened. Um, that was my grandfather's newspaper. You know, so I have pictures of that, you know, that'll go into the book. But, but, um, you know, but also too, I mean, I was, I was a Navy corpsman and, um, you know, I was on naval bases, you know, all the, all the time, you know, um, during my enlistment, my dad was a Naval reserve. Um, and, uh, you know, so it kind of made sense, you know, for us to go out to, to Lakehurst, you know, a Naval air station, you know, and, uh, you know, but see, that's what brings my father and I to these things. I mean, this is the path that we're on, you know, and how hopefully, you know, when the book is completed, you know, we, we've submitted everything to the publisher, you know, a while ago. Um, you'll see pictures of myself and my father, both of us in our uniforms, you know, in the book. So, you know, it's kind of like a, um, I don't know, like a, a, maybe, a, maybe a, uh, one day it would be considered a, a, a tribute 
you know, to my dad, you know, because he's, he's been with me with this through, through the entire thing since the beginning, you know, so, you know, he's, he's gone on a lot of investigations with us and, you know, and between him and my husband, you know, that's what keeps me grounded, you know, because my husband's like the biggest skeptic in the world, you know, I, I think until his father passed away, you know, and um, I think that's when, when my husband started realizing that, yeah, there, there is another side, there absolutely is, you know, another side, you know, in this world, but, but, uh, so that, that was, I mean, the, the book will be an interesting read when it comes out, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we're, we're waiting for it. So yeah, me too. I definitely can't wait to read it. <laughs> I will send you, I will send you one. Autographed, I hope. Autographed, of course. Excellent. Excellent. You know. Well, thank you for being on the show today. You're very uh, really welcome. Thank you for having it. me. It's really interesting. And we'll definitely do this again because I have a Absolutely. lot more questions for you. Absolutely. And, um, my uh, Some guests for my upcoming episodes are going to be Andrew Condoris author, filmmaker, and blogger. I also have Andre Dosham, author of five books on Zen, and he's also a Zen master. And then I also have Rachel Celeste, an astrologer. If you want to be a guest on this show, you can email me at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. Remember, everything that is was first imagined. See you next week, and thank you for listening. And also, don't forget, you can get my book, Enlightenment Guaranteed, the only book on Zen you'll ever need, on Amazon.com.